The following podcast is brought to you by Hardcore Grooming Products. Are you looking for a beard wash that's paraben-free hemp oil and perfectly cleans the beard as well as the skin? You know, hemp oil contains natural moisturizing properties. Therefore, it is the perfect ingredient for cleansing without drying. And you get a full, rich lather at no extra cost. It's Hardcore Grooming Products. You can use the coupon code DROPB, all capital letters, for 15% off of your purchase. And we are also sponsored by Red Sky Guitar Repair. Hit him up. He's in Scottsdale, Arizona. If you're traveling and you have an emergency, he can take care of you. Or if you're in the local area, stop on by, check out, and see what he can do for your guitar. And now... Let's start the show. Tonight, the episode your teens don't want you to see. Kids Gone Bad. Hopped up on nicotine and rock and roll. Juvenile delinquents with only one thing on their mind. Cool lingo and hot sex. This is the Doom Tomb Podcast. The podcast for all things within the heavy underground. We're going overseas today for a Swedish psych doom metal band formed out of a mutual love for bands like Monster Magnet, Sleep, and Hawkwind. Here's the interview right now. Today we are on a long journey. We are going overseas and we're going to Sweden. Now let me tell you something. I got this guy on the other other side of the world, it feels like. And, you know, every time they put an album out, it winds up at the top of my chart. The last one, well, they had a split. And on top of that, the album before was called Seeds. And man, oh, man. oh! If you haven't heard that yet, you might want to even pause this and and go back and check that out before you check this new release out. It's called Sonic Moons, and it's out on Magnetic Eye Records. Pre-orders right now. The vinyl looks amazing. And I have one of the band members from this band. His name is Martin. And the band is Domcraft. Sir, how are you today? I'm very fine, thank you. Fantastic. Now, I want to get right into this. Basically, the intergalactic journey will begin. This album, Sonic Moon, it starts out by, for me, by easing your ears into this literal sonic blast that will have you just going into another dimension. And we started off with the first track, which is called Whispers. Now, one thing I've always noticed about the vocal is it is very earnest and it feels like it has such incredible purpose. What can you tell me about that track? Waiting, waiting, flying, 
first of all, thank you for saying that. Uh, well, uh, I'm not really sure to say about that track in particular more than that we wanted to do something that had sort of a kind of open verse where you had a lot of like headroom. And uh, because we had the, we already had this very typical like two chord riff that we wanted to sort of land with something else. Right. Uh, hence the sort of kind of mellow, if you want to say mellow verse that sort of increases in intensity a bit. Yes, yes. Uh, and we wanted, we actually, for the entire album, there's always this element of like some kind of, I don't know, spacey vibe or what you want to call it, something that has sort of, that is vertical more than horizontal in a way. Absolutely, continuously uplifting, uh, almost motivating to, to yeah, an extent. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, and when what what you mentioned with the vocal, that I've noticed that with a few of the tracks that um, that we're gonna get into, is there's something about the vocal that I'm unexpected by. I, like I don't I don't expect to to hear you hit the syllable the way it hits or it doesn't come in in the space that I'm used to on some tracks. And that is so refreshing, <clears throat> excuse me, because it keeps me completely on my toes. That's cool. I mean, I, I think that could sort of stem from the fact that we listen to a lot of like psychedelic minimalistic music where you have right. these like two chords going on and off. And it's more like, it's basically more like chanting than verses at times, or it could be almost spoken word lyrics. And I think, to some extent, this might what we, we're doing is sort of a combination of all of those things. I mean, we, we since we don't we don't regard lyrics that high actually, so it's more about getting like the vocals to be like the fourth instrument uh, and make some kind of doing its own loops in the sense that there's some yeah that it carries some kind of melody or uh, well structure. Absolutely, and that heaviness and that structure continues with Stellar Winds. Again, the fuzz here, it's so strong. I'm telling you, this is the kind of track, it'll, it'll, it'll throw you right into space. Now, um, like I said before, again, the positioning of the vocal, the syllables, and I, you know, it's just, I, I, it's sometimes when I hear the vocal, I, I feel like there's a, a borderline subtle hint of like uh, David Gilmore. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Roger Waters, Roger Waters. Uh, with more, more verb and more importance, um, is that a is that a an influence? Well, I mean, if you say David Gilmour for the guitar, that's most definitely an influence. Yes. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not the guy who's been listening most to Pink Floyd in the band. That's Martin, the guitarist. He's been that's been his favorite band since basically forever. Right. Uh, but I guess there's some kind of yeah. I mean. I'm not. I haven't 
thought about it that way myself, but I guess it's it's basically also, like I said before, it's the same kind of structure that it has to be some kind of... I mean, the Floyd tracks are so different. Sometimes it's really melodic vocals and sometimes they just sort of a place placeholders for something in the like the big pictures. And uh, I think, yeah, that might be true. So uh, what can you tell me about this uh, track, Stellar Winds? How did it come about? Well, actually, it started out because the main, I, I think we came up with the main riff first, and that's, it's kind of catchy in a way. It could easily be like very like driven kind of stoner rock punk song. Uh, but we wanted to add some more layers to it because, I mean, there's elements of a lot of things in what we do, but we don't really ever like try to go for just one thing. We want to add more, more like uh, layers to each song, and I think that's it. Became a pretty fast song, at least for being us. It's it's actually rather upbeat. Yes. But it also has this, it's it's supposed to have this kind of trajectory in every verse that it sort of lunges you into the riff. And uh, I'm not really sure if, if it worked out exactly like we wanted it to, but it, I think it turned out cool. It's a really, it's a kind of different song for us, at least when we try to like play it in our practice room for like upcoming shows, you right. can really feel like, okay, this is kind of different. Um, I'm not really sure if the listeners gonna think of it the same way, but uh, you know, it's you, you're always too close to home to decide these things yourself. Totally, and you know, when when hearing this music, as as opposed to like, I'm just taking your last full album, so Seeds. So like, when I heard it, it's it. There's just it's so completely full, and yeah. that that also has to bring me to the production of this release. It is so on point. It is so in the pocket. Um, you know, how did you go about choosing uh, the people that were mixing it and producing? And well, well, actually, it's the exact same setup as we did on Seeds. It's the same studio. It's the same guys recording, and it's the same guy mixing. There you uh, go. And but for this one, I mean, if there's a difference to Seeds, is that, like you say, Seeds was super big in its sound. It was there were so many, like. There were, there were not, it was not like there were a lot of overdubs, but it became this kind of layered beast, mm -hmm. sound-wise. So we wanted to do something that was more straightforward for this one. And Does that... It's been, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead, you. Does... Oh, okay, so when you, when you kind of strip it back a little bit, does that make it easier for you to pull it off live? Uh, no, I, I think... Both yes and no. I mean, the seed songs are perfectly good to play live because there is we can do everything that's on the album live. Right. And, and it's the same with this, but it's more like to not do the exact two same albums in a row. I mean, I, I love Seed still. I'm super proud of that album. But this is more, we want to kind of get a more in your face thing with this one. Um, and I guess it's basically, it's really small differences and it's, Basically, I think a lot of those things are things that we perceive, but maybe not the listener. Um, but I mean, yeah, going back to why we chose them is that like we, lo we love going to Welfare Studios. It's a really cool place in Gothenburg, which means that we can go away since mm -hmm. we all live in Stockholm. There you go. Uh, so we go away for like, I think usually four days, including setting up stuff and then just recording for three days and then we're done. 
mm-hmm. and we recorded basically everything live. That's how we have to do it because we could never try to play to like click track or anything like that. We just we just jam it out and do like a couple of takes on each song and pick the best one. And it, and it kind of uh, also shows to me that you're, you you pick the right people to be with to yeah. record with because it it just it goes through so seamlessly. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of when you when you do record in that way. I think the room and the vibe is really is really important, mm-hmm. uh, and there are great there are great guys both Pell and Cal uh, who runs the studio, and they're both musicians in really good bands, so they know everything, and it's it's kind of just like home away from home going there. And then we think that Carl Daniel, who did the mixing for both seats and this one, and he's done an abundance of other great records, especially from Sweden. He has this way of picking like things that aren't there in the recording and make them present on the album. I don't know how he does things, but uh, he's just insanely good. And uh, he also captures this vibe of the album sounding live. I think there's a, like there's life to his mixes and uh, a ton of so it. He was yeah, he was no good. There was not like no other choice for us. We had to go with him. All right. And now um, we're going to move on just a little bit to the next track. And that is Magnetism. Now, here I am over here. You know, you have the first two tracks. They're burners. They rip. They shred. Fuzzy as can be. And now I'm like, okay, maybe there's going to be a break here. Um, And I thought maybe there would have been by the way the track started. Nope. I was wrong. Another huge slab of meaty, meaty doom. I think that's probably the heaviest and uh, probably also like the darkest sounding track on the album. Yes. Uh, and I mean, that's a combination. A lot of our songs start that way, where Martin, who plays the guitar, has one riff and I have another riff. And then we see, we both usually start out trying to make something of those, mm-hmm. but then we realize that ah, they might even be better to pull together. So I mean, he has the opening heavy riff, and I uh, came up with the like psychedelic long mid part riff. Nice. So that's that's a, a lot of our songs have been like started out that way, and I think that's it's basically it's almost a bit too heavy for the album as a whole. It, but I I really like it because it sort of also gets the. Uh, it, it does. It makes the album a little bit more interesting to me to sort of, kind of change the mood a bit more. Yes. Just keeping the same kind of mental level throughout the duration of the album. It makes a lot of sense, you know. But I'm, I'm telling you, man. I, so far, like we're going down this list, and it's like everything is just killer. Just the material is just <laughs> out of control, man. Uh, which brings me to this this next track, which is Slow Burner.
this is the first track I heard from you. Uh, I immediately got hooked in from the first few riffs. And now, by this time in the album, I wonder, am I ever going to get a rest here? I I, I don't think that's going to happen in this album. I I just don't. Uh, And and honestly, uh, along with the other tracks, I would love to see this one live. Uh, What can you tell me about Slow Burner? Well, we actually played it live two days ago for, I think, Hmm. the first time. Yes. How was the festival? Yeah, it was great. I mean, that's a really special festival. It's up north. It's Krakbacken in Sweden. They have their 10th anniversary and they they used to be just located in a gravel pit in the middle of nowhere. Really? And so there's like 800 people camping around the site and then it's basically like Burning Man without the Burning Man stuff. So yeah, it's well, just it's just really hedonistic and it's kind of this outlaw vibe to it. But the guys who run it are super. They are like just music lovers and they always get the best sound. They bring out the best sound system and the the sound takes are amazing. So they changed location this year to a bit more cozy place where we were playing just by a river. The stage was set just next to a river. Yeah. So we played at like uh, 1 a.m. in the morning, um, oh, and it was man. kind of like a late summer night. So it was it was perfect. That sounds. Uh, the- it, it you know it takes me back to the the days of the the desert generator fests over here in the yeah. United States. Similar vibe, and it's like all these people that are around you, like you know that they didn't get a. a you know they didn't win a concert ticket or whatever. You know, no, no. it's like they wanted to be there. And, and honestly, so are you if you're playing in front of a river at one in the friggin' morning. Um, yeah. So you played some of the new material. How receptive yeah. was the crowd to it? I think they were very receptive, actually. Uh, we, we actually opened with Slow Burner because you could do like the opening riff for a minute before it kicks off. Right. <laughs> in a live so, so true. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, going back to the track, I mean, that's by far the most straightforward track on the album. It's yes. a really traditional structure. And uh, it's, it's just a basic, it's just a really good riff that gets the like juices flowing. And uh, I, I mean, for, to, it's not one of my favorite tracks of the album, but it, it was kind of, I kind of knew when we got the mixes that this is what the label's gonna pick for the first single. And right. uh, yeah, <laughs> they obviously did. Well, there I you go. I can't really blame them. Yeah. No, not 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 even in the slightest. And before we move on to the next track, um, when you were at the fest, was there any bands that you were, you know, like kind of taken back by, or or some people that might have seen for the first time? Well, the problem is that since we're all working and stuff, we could only be there for one night. Uh, right. But uh, so I basically only caught two other bands, but they were both great. The first one was the old. It, like classic prog band from the 70s called Kevna Kaiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like total cult band. If you, the earliest uh, vinyls are super expensive if you want to go and get them. But and I think all of the guys are in their like mid 70s to 80s. Wow. But they're, they were just amazing. Uh, and then I caught uh, Jonathan Hulteen, who used to play in Tribulation, you mm-hmm. know, the death metal band. Yes. He's doing this really strange. But kind of beautiful. Uh, it's basically something like 
the Amanda Galas meets Nick Drake and he's wearing costumes and feathers and there's like flowers everywhere on stage and he's solo just playing the foot organ and guitar. Wow. And it's, it... That's really daring to do that on a, like, on a festival where most of the other guys are just basically due to walk up on stage in their jeans and rip, rip just rip. <laughs> but but you know what? Nobody's going to forget them. No, no. That's you know? true. And that was really cool. So, uh, what, what his vibe was? It almost like more of the, um, like say, seventies glam rock, or maybe no, a little no, more, no. a little more gothic. No, it's super gothic. That's not. It's not a. It's just a solo. It's just him on stage. There's no band. Wow. So it's just him playing uh, organs and doing a lot of effects. He's doing like uh, these. He's using voice pedals. He's doing auto tune things in a good way because mm -hmm. I fucking hate autotune but um, if you use it basically like the carpenters did it could be cool and that's what he's doing it's really hard to define the, what what it sounds like but uh, you should check him out on like Spotify or whatever absolutely because yeah it's uh, it's really like brooding and beautiful stuff and it's it was super cool to see it just next to the river, you know at sundown and everything I was just going to say the connection with Sunset. nature made probably made it that much better yeah and i mean the other days there's a lot of like riff bands playing basically that's the core of the festival it's like proto doom bands and both up and coming backs and a couple of big racks every night so it's mm -hmm. it's a really cool festival all right you sign i, I gotta sign up I, I that's that's it i just gotta go over there and check it out probably next year i guess it did they just do it they do it once a year yeah yeah all right so yeah, that would be great to to take a little break from this weather over here. I don't know if you know this. We're melting over here in Arizona. I'm, that's where I'm based out of Arizona, and it is. We we just had a record uh, last month for most days over 110. Yeah. So we got that going for us, which is a very big positive. The next track is Downpour. Now, to me, as I heard it, I felt that there was a little more of a psychedelic bent and a slight, slight change in the vocal. Now, when I first heard this, it kind of hit me in a way that when I first heard the band Jane's Addiction years ago, it, it's uh, motivating. Like I had said earlier, um, there's a quiet solitude put right against the bombast and can i even say this sexy I, I, yeah. i'm thinking i'm thinking yeah. a little bit sexy <laughs> yeah what can you tell me about downpour Well, it's not about this summer, but it could be. <laughs> no, but, no, but basically, that's that's a kind of different track that we just wrote. We did two tracks just before we hit the studio, and then we recorded both of them, and then we sort of decided which one was going on the album and which one we would save as a bonus track. Right. And this was one of them. And I really like it because it's... I mean, you refer to Jane's Addiction, and I can I can see where you're going with that. And I can see why you do it. 
uh, and I also get like when I heard it record when it was recorded I, I got the vibes of it like a band like uh, if you've heard them and you will know us by the trail of dead yes yeah totally yeah, oh wow yeah. yeah 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 uh, like the first the, the earlier stuff they did when they just had this you know assault of guitars and drums and then there was still some kind of melodic hooks to the vocals that was going up and down and and i also think that the kind of the beat of the track is sort of in, in that territory I, i'm not saying that it sounds that it sounds anything like them but i sort of got this vibe that we might have picked this up from listening to them like ages ago sure uh but it but it is also it's also a bit more upbeat than like stoner and doom and stuff songs usually are right and it, there's a kind of airiness to it plus the and then it's basically a punk riff that's the chorus it's uh it's a stooges riff in a way because right. it's just got this like just downstroke assault and i i think it's a i think it's a really cool track and i'm happy that we picked that one to be on the album because it sort of also comes as a good if you said that you were looking for a break in the album i think that's the break it, it doesn't last long though please i'm telling you it, no, no. it, it, go, it goes <laughs> off but i get a, i get a little a little taste where i can take of just a like just one breath yeah. or two but man yeah, yeah. All right. So well, I mean, also, I, I just want to maybe I should say that we had this other idea that we wanted to have a bunch of kind of shorter tracks, at least around five minutes or okay. or less, because for the past albums, there's been one track that has been under five minutes for all of those. It's <laughs> all of the songs have been too long. So we try to try to like challenge ourselves to make them a bit more snappy, at least some of them. And uh, that's one of them. And I think uh, I think there's actually three tracks on side B of the album that are in that er in that area, which is kind of good. It makes like doing set lists a lot easier, at least. Yeah, and and you're giving the audience something new yet again. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go into this next track, Black Moon Rising. Loving the title here. Uh, the buildup in this track absolutely sickening. And uh, what can I say? I feel it turning. I don't know, man. I feel it turning. <laughs> what can you tell me about this song? that one riff uh, we, we, we stumbled upon this riff that was kind of infectious uh, and it's also you have to play kind of high so there's not a lot of bottom low end to it because otherwise it just gets like sludgy it has to have this sort of sharp sharpness to it a little more crisp uh, yeah so uh, well, we knew that we were going to end up in like this psychedelic inferno, and it was just about how to get the road there. Mm -hmm. But uh, with which we played that live for the first time also two days ago, and that was that was a blast to play live because it's um, it, it, I think it really gets people off. 
And uh, I guess that that's one of the songs that we might prolong in a live setting also. If, if I mean, if, if the vibe is there, you can still just stay in the, in the trance parts for a while. Yeah. Which is what we, we sometimes do with songs. We, they tend to be a little bit longer in live settings if there's, if the, if, I mean, if, this, if the vibe is in the room. But uh, that's one of those tracks that could do it. And that sounds really like, enjoy it. it just sounds so intelligent to, be able to create a song where, you know, when you're looking out in the crowd and I don't know, you see some slow head banging or you see the, the, the mighty metal claw that people have in the air <laughs> as a sign of respect or the, me or you know, horns, of course, but I mean, it's almost passe now. Yeah. But, you know, you got this opportunity to say, hey, and you look to the left and look to the right and says, we're going to vibe for a little bit. And uh, yeah. yeah, we're going to we're going to break some necks tonight with them head banging. Yeah, I mean, basically, we have all of our songs, basically, when they have th those kind of uh, parts, there someone has the cue. It might be the guitar who is the cue, or it might, it's mostly often, it's the vocals. Right. So I could basically just wait for <laughs> starting to sing, and the other ones have to wait until I get there. And they just have to sort of stay in the, yeah, stay in the, like, heft of it, stay in the yeah. zone until we get there. Just keep it in the pocket and just keep going until you're like, all right, I'm okay, yo, yo yeah. I'm ready now. Let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to move on to uh, this next track, The Burning Chill. you man this rounds out the album right nicely uh it, it's an epic track it's probably i think i believe it's the longest track on the album and it finishes yeah, it the album be, yeah. in grand fashion um was that is that purposeful because i like it it has this i feel like the whole album has a similar theme a similar sound but this was almost like uh there was a a, a, a little more quiet and then you know it, it builds but kind of like i ask this question a lot like when you do the final track uh do you put that track in that space because hey everybody uh audience this is what the future domcraft is going to sound like or is it just you just felt it fit best in the album progression mm, that's actually a pretty good question i think we've I think we kind of felt that way when we were doing Seeds, that, that uh, we had to put the last song on that album that was audio done. We had to put that last. Right. Uh, but basically also because it sort of introduced something new. But uh, the, I think when we wrote this, we sort of, we knew that it has to be the first song on the album or the last song. It, it won't fit anywhere else. Okay. And we also, we also, we always 
you, we tend to have a quite a kind of long song to open the album also because it's we like to sort of I think there's we're, we're all very like uh, we all agree that we want to sort of envelop the album within these two longer songs and everything that yes. happens is kind of it's kind of uh, compiled into these like starter and, and ending tracks uh, but uh, yeah the main riff in that the first time Jad from the label heard it he felt like uh, uh, that's almost like a vintage Scorpions riff or something like a classic rock classic hard rock riff yeah I can see that uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really like that track also. And it was some of the tracks we, we do, they sort of kind of get themselves together in a way. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it just made sense to do these like transitions and that it, ha- it should be long and that there should be like these stops and breathing spaces and the heavy ending part. So yeah, I, I also think that's one of the lighter sides of Longcraft that we've sort of presented because it's. It's not super heavy. It's kind of rocking, and it's um, got these like, way almost wailing vocals, and uh, yeah, I, I like it. Uh, I don't know if that was the opening question, but that's... you know, uh, sometimes I tend to ramble, and I got an answer. It was an answer I wanted, so I mean, that's yeah. that's a positive, right? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So when you, you you know we talk about the vocal, and I've I've mentioned it a couple times already. Um, what are what are your influences, Martin? Vocally, you mean? Yes, sir. Um, I don't know. I mean, actually, when we started Dawncraft, we we, we we intended to be an instrumental band. Really? Uh, but uh, then we kind of felt that we might want to add some some vocals. And I've been singing in bands before, so that was like, I think that was the obvious choice that I, I had to do it because, I mean, the other guys, I've played with them for way longer than we played in Domcraft and I've never heard them sing a single note. So uh, <laughs> it sort of fell upon me to do it. Okay. But uh, I mean, I, I really like, I think one of the, when we started, we, we said that we would like, we'd like to have like focus like the God Machine. Mm-hmm. the old San Diego band uh, because they had they were heavy but they were not specifically a metal band right. but uh, which which I don't think that we are either we're a heavy band but we're not not necessarily a metal band but it sort of made sense to have this kind of howling vocals like more yes. of like a hollering vocals and I think they've sort of developed more into singing for each album but uh, it's that's that's like the basic idea you know the the weird part about it is sometimes i hear people and they have that that type of vocal but it doesn't it, it's just a very different meaning either they're telling you something uh with with a, a loudness i guess or i i don't know i felt like i felt like it, uh, the vocal in this album it's it's like they're um how can I say this? Um, I guess again, motivating. But there, there's, there's just like I need to tell you about this, like right now, and I need you to be with me. Can you understand? And that's kind of what I got. And and I, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. I'll, I'll stick it out the whole album. I, I got you. It's cool. But I, I mean, that could come from like 
doing the mantra kind of chanting pieces that I mean it's not like mantra vocals or it's not chanting vocals but there are like elements of that where yes. I, I love to look, kind of just repeat one line with different right. intensities and I think we've done that on basically all records to some extent and I, I mean yeah that's probably what you're getting that from but uh but I that is probably that. yeah Again, uh, I didn't get a chance for this whole album to rest. Maybe that one track for just a little bit, just a hair. But um, I, I tell you, the, the whole thing, completely worth it. Uh, yeah, I got a chance. Um, I now have a chance to have uh, one of my picks for album of the year. Uh, I did it with Seeds, and I'm telling you, man, this is top to bottom, a absolutely killer release. It's hypnotic. And uh, it's just masterful, man. I, I want to thank you for uh, for being on with me to talk about this because I love hearing the process when I hear something this good. Oh, thank you. Now, um, by the way, I don't know who's I I, I don't know who's uh, in charge of this, but I just want to say thank you to the band, somebody, for turning me on to Spaceman Three. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got through Sound of Confusion and The Perfect Prescription. That's good. I Thank you. Was that you? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about them quite a lot. Right. They've been like one of the like main sources of inspiration for us. Uh, I'm not really sure if we talked about it, but uh, yeah, you're doing the you're doing all right. <laughs> you should check. If you haven't come to playing with fire yet, you have something really good to come upon because that's basically the like their best album, possibly, or at least the harshest one. All right, I'm I'm writing it down right now. Yeah, I was just going down the you know like going down a YouTube rabbit hole and see what I could find. Yeah, yeah, but they're great. I mean, uh, I love Spiritualized also, who they turned into. Right. Uh, and uh, but uh. Basically, what they came with was this idea that you could do so much with so little. It's it's been done before them also by like suicide and bands like that. But uh, this is I, we still love the minimalistic idea of things that it doesn't necessarily have to have more chords just because it's a song. We can stick with this one or two chords and it, we can make it work anyway. And I kind uh, of felt that even like you know going back to what we said earlier with Pink Floyd. There's some, yeah. you know, like the, tra I don't know, just take a track like Mother or Hey You or something like that. Yeah. It's like simplistic, but says so much and expansive at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've had, a, you've had a few albums here. You got Ascend, Descend, you got these, uh, the Split, Seeds, The End of Electricity, Flood, Slow Fidelity, and 
the self-titled. Yeah. Now, what are the chances of that getting repressed on vinyl? Um, I think that it will happen sometime. Uh, right. I'm not really sure when, uh, but there's been, we've been talking about doing it. Uh, but I still, I think, <laughs> I think there's something beautiful with that not being that available. Because yeah. I mean, we, we, we recorded that album ourselves and we released it ourselves. Uh, and I think it was basically at the same time that that was released um, that we recorded End of Electricity because we were just, but then after handling, uh, handling like sending back test presses and everything, I just decided that we had to have a label to work with. I'm not doing this again <laughs> because I was totally new to everything and it was, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I admire all the labels who handle that. But uh, It's exhausting. Yeah, it is. It really is. Especially if you don't have a clue what you're doing. And, right. Uh, but but uh, yeah, it will probably be repressed sooner or later. And uh, maybe, I mean, I don't, I think that a repress should come with something more. Right. Especially, I mean, if you're not Fleetwood Mac and you're not repressing like rumors again, yeah. you have to add something. Sure. Uh, so there might be some like a bonus track or something for the next edition, I think, so that it, it will be a, at least a slightly different product. Now, uh, from but, the uh, from the first release, are there any tracks that you play live? Yeah, there is. Okay, we, here's we kind of yeah. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking like, can I? Can, is it a chance to, that I could see either uh, Concrete Waves or Horses Horses live? Uh, I think Concrete Waves, you have a good chance of seeing because right. I think we've played that most for the, most of our shows. As if there's a request for an encore. Mm -hmm. That's usually the one we pick up because it's it it's it's a good way to end. Yeah, and, and the night. And it's, it's, we've also opened with it a couple of times because it's really it's intense and chaotic in a kind of funny way. Sure. We we used to play horses for to quite a to quite a recently, but then sort of other tracks just you only have. I mean, we don't want to play too long sets. Yeah. I, I think that. Yes, your attention span, especially if you're at a festival, 50 minutes is a maximum for a yeah. regular set. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I go, I've seen a lot of bands that I've left because I've had enough. I, I mean, I love the shows. I would give them like five star ratings. But right. for me at that time and place, those 30, 35 minutes were enough. So yeah. Yeah, we sort of, that's, that's the tricky part, especially if you have longer songs to make a set like happen and uh not and sort of try to please every member of the band for starters and then also to to make sure that the listeners get kind of what they want right and yeah exactly and it's a deep pull you know yeah. so people are like oh they're you know it's, it, and you got it on both sides either oh they're opening up with something that goes way back or they're finishing off with something that turned me on to this band. So, yeah, that's 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 always a plus for me. Yeah, for a lot of people, it's like, what? I've never heard this before, but it's it might sound cool. <laughs> and and it does. Now, uh, sir, thank you so much for for joining me. I have just a handful more of questions here uh, because sure. I'm curious. I haven't been over to Sweden, uh, but I know some people that are Swedish and. 
Um, they've told me about things. They've introduced me to things that um, I don't know if everybody likes, but we're going to find out. First question here is, have you seen the Codex Gygus? I'm sorry? It's called a Codex Gygus. I, I believe that's pronunciation is correct. It's it's a it's a like I, I guess it's like in a museum where it's some alternative Bible and they got like a picture of the devil in it. No, I haven't. But uh, okay, it's a I'm Stockholm. not really sure where that is. It's it's in Stockholm. It's in Stockholm. Yeah, I'm writing this down as we speak. C O D E X G I G A S. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Give me a place that has some good food that if I'm, if I'm going over there, I got to eat. Where am I going? Oh, that totally depends on what you want to eat. As long as it, well, it could be hot. It could be cold. Uh, yeah, I really don't care. Anything. I'll eat anything. It's really hard. I mean, there's, I think you should actually, I'll, I'll give you this one tip because basically it's one of my local restaurants and that's, where I go when I want to go out and drink, have a drink in the week, which I almost always do. If I do, if I do it, I do it with the guy who does all of our covers, Bjorn. Right. And we tend to, we go to this place called Lövenbroi, which is basically what you think it is. It's like a beer stube, <laughs> you know, this <laughs> like kind of German beer place, but it's looked the same since I think the fifties or something. Wow. They haven't renovated anything it could be like the 70s also i i i, it's just, I know just know for a fact that it's been there forever right. and it's it's like classic really really meaty dishes and totally like this really crisp german beer mm. and it's sort of it's like uh, an opposite reaction to everything else that is happening in a city like stockholm where everything has to be fresh and new Right. And this is a place you can go to where you you can be alone if you want to, where you can sort of chat up, have conversations with strangers if you want to. But it's uh, yeah, that's my Stockholm recommendation. <laughs> that's nice. Now you mentioned you mentioned Bjorn and the uh, the artwork. Yeah. Uh, do you did you have a discussion? Were you looking for something specific for this artwork, or did he come to you? What was the process for creating uh, the illustration? Uh, but I mean, he's been doing all of our artwork since the first album, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, I think that we just sort of discussed and said that we want to do something that is kind of has a space vibe to it. Yeah, and then he just basically did what he did. That's feel that's how we always work. But I mean, he he gets the rough mixes and he listens to the album when he's like, sort of drawing. But right. uh, he, he's not really a fan of this happy music. He likes like reggae and Gigi Allen when Gigi Allen plays country. And he's wow. <laughs> he has okay. this really eclectic eclectic music taste, but it, it doesn't so much revolve around heavy stuff. Okay. So it's his own interpretation of what this genre should look like, and I think that's super fun always to see because there's all of all of these like messed up things that probably shouldn't be there but they sort of when they're there they make complete sense yeah when when i first saw the album i was like oh all right that's cool and then i don't know what what was wrong with me or maybe it's intentional i'm not sure but then all of a sudden i because uh, i'm listening to the album i'm going over it and 
I suddenly see a face. Like, why didn't I see the face like right away? I wasn't, it didn't even hit. So I don't know if that was intentional by him, but I love seeing stuff like that. And then, you know, you start to see, oh, okay. So the lettering is in this, in this interesting configuration. And now it's all starting to uh, flesh itself out a little more. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen the final vinyl version yet, but that's going to be spectacular, I think, because there's going to be metallic print and there's going to be fluorescent details on the uh, on the cover also, which oh. I know has given the <laughs> the label a lot of headaches. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Bjorn does these, he always does these things for us for free mm-hmm. because basically he is... He's a very well-renowned like designer, but he does this for fun. And then we, the least we can do is to make sure that his vision gets as like complete as possible. Like it was with Seeds, where he wanted to do something in 3D, that we just had to sort of get the 3D stuff going. That was so cool. Uh, oh. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it and see if it turned out as good as it. We hope it will. I'm sure it will. I'm sure. Magnetic Eye Records, man, they ne- they never drop the ball. They, no, they, they always got it going on good. So, okay. So here's something that uh, one of my Swedish friends turned me on to. And I have to ask you, um, why is Turkish pepper so good? It just is. It just is. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, everything, everything that is sort of licorice, licorice and salt is great. It is. It is delightful. So, Finally, just one quick thing because I, I I was looking at some things to do in uh, in Stockholm, and um, there was the Museum of Medieval. There's the the Battle of Gotland in 1361. Some places to visit, maybe to see about culture, and I don't really have that over here. Like that, that I just you know you we have art museums and stuff, but nothing that goes back that far and 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 shows that kind of vibe. Um, I was wondering if, because you have that culture, does that ever come in and weave into your songwriting process or or anything of that ilk for the for the musicianship of the band? Uh, I think no, but uh, oh, I, I mean, to some extent, I think that we've heard from others, especially from like Swedish journalists and like journalists and other people that there's a folk music aspect to some of our, like, harmonics, harmonies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's, that kind of, the Swedish folk music goes way back. It's like, I'd say that there's, like, I think there's echoes from the, like, the 17th century and stuff in that. Right. So, so to that sense, there's a kind of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, There's a bittersweet feeling to that music. It's, it's not, it's sad, but it's beautiful in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking for the. Uh, this is my first interview with long time, so I'm not. My English is sort of. It's rusty. I, so I can't really find all the words. I think but, everything's uh, perfect. It's all good, bro. Oh, thank you so much. But but uh, yeah, I think there's probably something. But I mean, we don't really. The thing that people do here when they go back into history to look for like uh, inspiration is that you either go to the ages where Sweden was at war, which was mm-hmm. a long time ago because we've been neutral for so long. And that's what Sabaton does, for example. 
Yeah. And then you have and then you have all the Viking stuff uh, with like uh, the hedonistic uh, heathen stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's b- basically I think that's most prominent within like power metal and uh, possibly black metal to some extent. And also, of course, it was like kept hostage by the Nazis for quite a long time. So right. Right. Uh, it's I mean, we're, we're not really that interested in like we want to do something. I mean, as far as inspiration goes for lyrics, it should be something that is sort of timeless mm-hmm. or at least here and now. That's perfect. Oh, well, Martin, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, the new album. Yeah, it's going to be out real soon. It should be out by the time this hits. It's called Sonic Moons. You can pick it up through Magnetic Eye Records. Now, say somebody wants to uh, tell you how amazing this album is. How can they reach you? Well, uh, I think they can reach us. We're not super active on social media, but we're there on Instagram. as Domcroft Domcrofts because apparently someone was already done crafts. Uh, and okay. we're also, I think we're on Facebook also. Yeah, we're on Facebook. But uh, Or you just drop an email. I mean, I, I think you should get the contact details. That should be easy to find. I, I personally would rather just get a flight and go over and see you live. Yeah, you should do that, though. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Look, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm heading over there, um, I know there's another thing. One of my Swedish friends, he said something. There's some kind of... I don't know, some kind of vendor hot dogs that he loves. I got to try that. Uh, I'm not going to that place. I'll go to the other place, the the, the offer, Eifer. I'm going to go to your spot. I got I to gotta yeah. load my load my fists up with some Turkish pepper, and we're going to yeah. have a great time. Yeah. All right, Martin, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, just stick around for just a minute. Uh, we just sure. got one more thing. Thank you so much, Martin, for hanging out and talking with us. And, oh, man, yeah, have you heard that album yet? Please. I mean, it is a full experience, and it is out now through Magnetic Eye Records. Uh, I'll tell you what. Let's play the track that got me hooked on this album and so many others. I mean, come on. Seeds, absolutely amazing. The split, holy smokes. So, okay, here we go. This is Slow Burner.
Thank you so much for sticking it out towards the end. Podcast at gmail.com. That is how to reach us. You can get on and you talk about your song, talk about the whole album, whatever you want. It's all good. We're here for you. Thank you so much to Hardcore Grooming Products. The promo code is in the show notes. It's DROPBE in all caps. Save a couple bucks and get your beard smelling great. And Red Sky Guitar Repair for all your guitar needs based out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Hit them up. Link is in the show notes. Please like, subscribe, and tell a friend about the show. You know, we've been getting a lot of movement lately. I'm not exactly sure why. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, things just hit, and we couldn't be more grateful. Thank you so much to everybody that has downloaded the podcast. And you can follow us on social media, Doom Tomb or Doom Tomb Podcast. Ian, thank you so much, my friend. From No Masters Audio, hit him up on Instagram. He does all things sound for the Doom Tomb. Now, if you like this kind of music, you should. Absolutely. Why, why are we kidding ourselves here? Head over to craniumradio.com. I have a show Sunday, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen in. We're going to do some music. We'll do some talk. We'll do some whatever else we do. I don't know. you got to tune in and find out. All the links, by the way, in the show notes. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. we got another interview coming up really soon. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll talk to you. We'll probably see you at a show. If you're at that show, you know. Like, I was talking to a band the other day, and they were so grateful that... Now, I don't know, but they were so grateful that I bought their record while they were on tour. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, So do that if you can. And, uh, you know. Keep it heavy!